You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody. Last week, we discussed the introduction to loving every Jew, and we said that we need to look beyond the surface, beyond the external of a person, and look at their internal because every neshama is holy. Every neshama, our sages tell us, is like a piece of God, so to speak. Chelek eloka mimal mamash. It's a piece of God. Now, we know that God doesn't have pieces. It's important for us to know that. Hashem doesn't divide up his pieces. Hashem is echad yachid um yuchad. Hashem is one, and his oneness has no division, and there's nothing that can be divided of Hashem. So what does that mean that Hashem has a part of him in each and each and every one of us? It's like a breath. A breath that you take is your breath that's going out to the world. Hashem breathes into the nostril of man and that is life. Hashem blew into the nostrils of Adam and into every human being living, a living soul. That living soul is sort of God's breath, so to speak that's infused within us. And the moment that we will understand this, and we will live this way, so then when we will see another Jew, we're not just going to see him on the surface. Oh, he's a Kippah Jew. Oh, he's a Yerushalmi Jew. Oh, he's a, a, a Yeshivish Jew. There's no such thing anymore because that's just external. That's just external. When we start looking internal, we'll see, ah, not just in words. Yeah, I, I love every Jew. No, no, to really mean it and to really feel that every Jew has a holy neshama. And you know what? Even if they're not part of your synagogue, not if, not even if, even if they're not part of any synagogue, it doesn't make a difference. A Jew has a holy spark within them. And that holy spark is what we're trying to identify in every Jew. Shehi haneshama hakdosha shamo. What are you looking for? You're looking for the internal neshama of each Jew. That's what you're looking to identify. That way we will get to a point of loving every Jew. Kikolakoshi le'ehov hu. What is that difficulty to love every Jew? When we look on the external, when we look on the external, then it's very difficult because he's not like me. He doesn't dress like me. He doesn't go to the same shoe like me, right? He doesn't wear the same yarmulke as me. And with externalities, there are many differences between people. Different height, different weight, different faces, different styles, there's many external differences that can cause a distance between one another. The internal part, the spark of godliness that's in every single Jew, that spark you can love at any moment, at any time in every place. And if you remember last time we talked about what it means to love. How do you love someone? You love someone when you decide to focus on their virtues. When you focus on their qualities, that's when you love them. 
the moment you start wondering about their flaws, that's when the love is distant. That's when it's difficult and it turns into hatred. So if we focus only on that soul, on that godliness that's within every Jew, it's going to be very, very easy to love everyone. And when someone loves the internalness of each Jew, then every aspect of the person, his actions, his minhagim, his customs, and all the things that he does, you'll find favor in your eyes. Because love will overcome all flaws. All flaws are overcome by love. So any chisaron, any flaw that a person has can be overlooked. Couple gets married. Oh, he's perfect. He's perfect. She's perfect. They're not perfect. But all you're choosing to see is that perfection. And that's why when we see a bride and groom, we dance with them. And we sing with them so they should, they should forget about looking at the flaws. Just be happy and don't worry. The flaws will come. Don't worry. They'll, they'll, they'll rise to the surface. And that's going to be the choice for every individual to choose to only see the virtues, to only see the qualities. That's why they say there's something called a honeymoon time. A honeymoon, it's not just like they go on a vacation. It's like a certain period of time after the wedding. It's called a honeymoon because it's like we're, we're still out in the heavens we're 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 in the skies on the on the clouds and we don't see we we haven't hit earth yet we haven't landed to suddenly realize that there's a reality you know she's going to say you don't throw your clothes on the floor put it into the hamper you lazy bum right it's not going to be just like you know at the beginning it's like everyone's just dancing and singing mazel tov he's so great and you know so how do we get to this how do we actually attain this how do we attain this virtue, this quality of loving every Jew? And how do we really look into someone and see beyond their surface to really love every Jew? In the beginning, a person has to desire to love every Jew. It's not just one day you're going to be standing in shul and you're going to be like, oh, I have an epiphany. I want to love every Jew. No, you're going to have to desire it. You're going to have to want it. And daven to Hashem, that He should give you the merit, that He should make you fortunate enough to love every Jew. It's a special prayer. You know, we say, Ohev Amo Yisrael. It's a prayer that we say, we said it tonight, that God loves His nation Israel. That's supposed to be a wake up call for us. God loves His nation Israel 100%, 100% of the time. 100% of the time. We have to learn from that. And we have to learn to love every Jew 100% of the time. 100% of the Jews, 100% of the time. He should learn, read books about loving every Jew. And look into the things, look into the tools that are available there. In order to internalize this message of loving every Jew. It doesn't just come. It's a lot of hard work to see a Jew, wherever they may be from, whatever language they may speak, and to have a love and a care and a concern for them, it takes work. 
It's not a natural thing that you're going to love everyone. Why not? Because we're very selfish. As human beings, we're a little selfish. You know, we like ourselves a lot. And anyone who doesn't look like me is just different. Me and my family, we got it right. Everybody else is, you know, either too extreme here or too extreme there. Every person has a specialty and we have to learn to find that specialty. First is a desire. Second is a prayer. Pray to love every Jew. There's a special prayer from Abeli Melech, the great, great prayer in the beginning of davening. He says, We should find the qualities of every, every person we meet. And not their flaws. We don't want to see their flaws. And all we talk about, each person should only be positive and not focus on any of their flaws, not talk about their flaws. Had a lady tell me we were talking about proper speech, not speaking Lashon Hara. She said, I don't know what to do. Me and my girlfriends, we get together every week. We go to Starbucks and all we do is talk about everyone. Did you see her? Did you see her daughter? Did you see this? Did you see what she wore? (laughs) Everyone is talking and talking. That's it they do. She said for an hour or two, they're sitting and talking. So, Rabbi, what am I going to do now? You told me I can't speak Lashon Hara. And that it's a biblical commandment. Biblical prohibition. What am I going to do? said, you have one choice. You can either not go anymore, or you can teach them the laws of Lashon Hara. Spend the time instead of sitting there and talking about the world. Learn something. Okay. I don't know if she took my advice. But, And then, it's time to put forward the effort. A certain period of time. You lock yourself in a certain period of time. You should set aside to think and contemplate the virtues of your fellow. Spend quality time. So let's say it's between 10 o'clock and 10.15 every day, every morning. I'm going to sit and I'm going to think about the lady who's sitting on the other side of the of the uh, you know the little booth in my office who drives me nuts and I can't I can't stand her voice and I can't stand anything right people are you know people, we all have seen situations where in a big office everyone has these little cubicles the cubicle next door I can't stand them they're always reminding me this and telling me to do that and to talk louder talk quieter and talk this and talk that I can't stand it take a few minutes to see their qualities, to focus on their qualities. Even more so, that's a, that's a stranger, but someone in your life, a parent, a child, a spouse, to take the time and to internalize what are their qualities, to identify them. Put them down on a piece of paper. What are five qualities of your father? What are five qualities of your mother? Uh, it's a great guy. That's not a quality. A great character trait. He's kind, he's generous, he's loving. And to identify how this individual is actually a godly soul, a piece of God. Identify it. It's not just going to fly into our mind. We have to stop and think about each person and see about their kindness and their gentle soul. 
You know, there's a Gemara that says that there are three special, unique qualities of the Jewish people. Baishanim. They're shy. They're shy people. Rachmanim. They're merciful people. And they're gomle chasadim. They do acts of loving kindness. The most remarkable kindness on planet Earth is by the Jewish people. Gomle chasadim. The most merciful people are the Jewish people. And the shyest people are the Jewish people. At least that's the way we should be. These are the virtues where when we want to identify someone as a Jew, these are the three virtues you can look for in every Jew to find their deep Jewish soul. Ubi'ikar, and the main thing, ka'ashech haveiro, when his friend is right next to him, you should look with your spiritual eyes to the internal workings of your fellow. What does it mean, spiritual eyes? You know, why do we cover our eyes when we say the Shema? So I, I have to tell you something. It's an amazing thing. It's actually last week's Torah portion of Bahalotcha. We see that the coin, we're, we're, we know this from, from Hanukkah, there's a special opportunity to look at the menorah, to look at the lights. You should look and see the light of the menorah. Say just tell us, the Chassam Sofer says an amazing thing. He says, what's this idea of looking at the menorah? Because it purifies the soul. So let me tell you an amazing thing. The Chassam Sofer says, he says, we have two pairs of eyes. We have physical eyes and we have spiritual eyes. And what we do is when we look at the menorah, we're purifying our physical eyes and it's going into our spiritual eyes. We're allowing both of them to see that holiness. When we recite the Shema, what we're doing is we're covering our physical eyes and we're allowing our spiritual eyes to see godliness, to see God, to see Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Why? Because what's blocking us from seeing Hashem? What's blocking us from recognizing that Hashem is everywhere? Our physical eyes. Ooh, is that a Rolex? Oh, is that a Bentley? What type of car is that? Beautiful house. It's all these physical things that are a facade, that are a fake, and that are distracting us from seeing the real God that's everywhere. I was just in Israel, and I had the unbelievable privilege of spending a week with my Rebbe. Rabbi Yitzchak Berkowitz. And we traveled from northern Israel to southern Israel with him. It was incredible. Husbands and wives, it was an unbelievable, very special, very special trip. Right when we started this trip, one of the first speeches he gave, he said, you know, people ask, you know, why can't I see God? If I can only see God, then I'll believe. If I can only see God, then I'll pray. If I can only see God, he says, how can you not see God? God is everywhere. Everywhere you turn, you see God. You're not looking. If we just opened our eyes, we'd be able to see God everywhere. Every single day, there are miracles that happen to each and every one of us. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. We just have to open up our eyes and see Him. Because you know what? God is in every single human being we're meeting. Every person you meet has that has that peace of God within them, that spark within them. 
you can see godliness in everywhere, in every human being. It's an amazing thing. Chazal tell us that when a poor person comes to your house, just know, Rabbeinu Bachai in the Hakdama to Ki Savo, he says, just know that it's not really a poor person coming to your house to collect charity. It's really God coming to your door dressed up like a poor person to see how you're going to treat him. Are you going to welcome him in? Are you going to ask him if he wants something to drink or eat? Are you going to be loving? Are you going to be kind? Are you going to be caring? Are you going to be concerned for him? Are you going to feel their plight? Or is it just like, I had a friend of mine once told me, he says, you know, when people come to my door, I just think of how much money I want to give them. I give them the money and close the door. I said, what do you mean? He says, I don't want to waste their time. They're going to come and they think they're going to get more money from me. I just I just take the money and go. Get Go to the next guy. I don't want to waste your time. So they're not coming for money. They're coming for your heart. They're coming for you to hear them and to feel their situation, whatever it may be. Hashem, Rabbeinu Bechayah says over there, it's Hashem masquerading as a poor person to see how you're going to treat his people. That's an opportunity. Chazal tell us that when someone makes a comment to you, just know it wasn't them. It was Hashem sending a message through them. I've had multiple times where someone said something to me and I was like, what? What did they just say? It's like, and I went over to them. I said, what, repeat what you just said. No recollection. And I saw what Chazal meant. I saw what our sages meant. Sometimes Hashem puts words into people's mouth. They don't even know what they're saying. They're just a a conduit through which Hashem is sending a message to a person. It's not them being obnoxious to you. It's Hashem sending a message to you. The minute we realize this, we're willing to accept everyone around us. We're not going to, oh, they didn't invite us to invite me to the wedding. Right? They you know, insulted me. They, and everyone has these, these things of like everybody's against them. Everybody's harming. No, Hashem is sending you a message. Open up your heart. Listen to the messages Hashem is sending you. So what do you need to look at? Look at his pure soul, his valuable soul, his precious soul. Think this friend of mine, he's a prince. He is a godly creation who has a piece of God in him. He is just like, imagine the following. You're cutting up some vegetables and by mistake, you cut your finger. So what does the left hand do now? You just cut your left pointer finger. Does he grab the knife and start hitting the, the, the right hand with the knife? You cut me, what's wrong with you? Does anybody do that? I don't think so, right? Why not? What do you mean the right hand? Just hit the left hand. Because we're one body. Our sages tell us the Jewish people are one body. Different parts of the body. 
but we're all part of godliness. So one says something, one does something. It's all, everyone plays a different function. Imagine what the right earlobe thinks about the left pinky. (laughs) What a boring life you have being a left pinky. It has his role. Yeah, everyone has their role. We're all part of a different, we're part of one entity, one body, and every part plays a different role. Right, the brain is talking to the uh, lungs and saying, what do you do for a living? Right, I keep you alive. And the brain says, I keep you alive because I remind you what you need to do. You understand, everyone plays a very vital role. And the more a person starts thinking this way, the more it'll enter your heart. You want this to become part of who you are. You have to start thinking like this. You have to start working on this. And you have to value each and every one of your thoughts and feelings. Because in this way, you're going to elevate yourself, Bezat Hashem. Every drop is going to assist in your growth, in becoming a lover of every Jew. How do we become a person who loves every Jew? When we start thinking this way. We start finding ways to find the virtues in every person. And the more a person involves himself with this, you're going to attain this level of loving every Jew. That Hashem will give you the strength. He'll immediately be able to see the internal soul, the godliness that's within him. The incredibly valuable, powerful, precious soul that he has within him. Once you're able to see that this person is a godly individual, they have godliness within them, then you're going to be able to love them because you're going to realize, hey, we're all part of the same entity. We're all part of the same, connected to the same God. The commentary here says, Whoever is loyal to Hashem and is always looking for God everywhere, wherever you go, you go to the beach, you're looking for God. You go to the restaurant, you're looking for God. We're going to talk later, we'll talk about how to eat holy. How to eat with holiness. You know that we eat, we need to sustain our bodies, right? But it doesn't have to be a physical experience, it could be a spiritual experience. It's an unbelievable power. I was once, I have a a study partner I learn this book with every Thursday night. So me and my study partner were learning, and we were learning about eating in a holy way. I suddenly realized something that I never realized in my life. I was drinking a glass of wine. It's late at night, so we both drink a glass of wine while we're learning. And I realized what an amazing blessing I have right here in my glass. You realize that someone needed to plant a seed up in the Golan Heights in Israel, and had to water it. Hashem had to 
bring rain down, his blessing, his rain, and make this vineyard grow. And all of these grapes grow. And for them to be so delicious, to then be taken and brought to the winery where they're going to be crushed and then they're going to be fermented and it's going to be in the, in the barrel. They're going to be brought into the barrels and all of that, that whole process to be brought into, put into a bottle, to be taken on ship all the way to the United States. And here I am sitting in Houston, Texas, drinking this wine that came from the land of the holiest land on earth, the land of Israel, with the blessings of the Almighty. I think it's a little bit of a different experience that we can have thinking about that when we're drinking that wine than just, hey, oh, nice wine. Oh, 2017, beautiful. No, it's a whole different experience. We realize suddenly this is godliness. We can connect with the Almighty by drinking a glass of wine. We suddenly realize, look at the miracles that need to happen perfectly well for the wine to be this delicious. But it's another day. It's just an ordinary day. No, make every day an extraordinary day. And we can do this, by the way, every time we look at another Jew. It's not just a Jew. It's not just a human. It's a chelek eloka mimal. It's someone who has a spark of godliness within them. So every time you see that another Jew, when you realize, you know, I had an amazing experience. I was once in England, and I was in the on, on the tube, the underground train. For those who don't know, and uh, it was amazing. I was I was there with my wife, and I, I I didn't know anybody. There were a lot of Muslims there. There were a lot of strange talking people with a weird accent uh, you're from england i'm sorry very weird accent and suddenly this burly big guy with cowboy boots walks onto the tra- onto the tube i look at his boots i'm like texas he says that's right i said we're in texas he says the woodlands i said get out of town i said i'm from houston he says, what? And like suddenly we're like best friends. You know, if I met that guy here in Houston, probably not. But because we're unique in a foreign place, suddenly we have an affinity. It's like you're, you're in the middle of uh, you know, St. Louis in, in, in the uh, in middle of the stadium, the Cardinals. And you're there with your Astros flag. You know, you're there with your Astros cap. You're like the only guy. But if you see another Astro fan... You're like, oh, we're best friends. Like, oh, yo, right? You're so excited. Well, what, what, what? You can go here to the uh, to Minute Maid Park. You'll see 50,000 people. You're not going to high-five any of them. But when you're a stranger, suddenly you feel this affinity because we have something in common. As Jewish people, we have to realize that we have something in common wherever we go. With every single Jew. You know what? When I was stuck once in Germany, I was, I was deported from, from Ukraine once. The whole story. It's another, another whole class. We'll do that at a different time. But I landed back in Germany. And it was a long day already. I started my day at 4 or 5 in the morning, leaving 
Paris and flying through Frankfurt and going to Kiev and then back to Frankfurt. It was a mess. I needed a place just to, to wash my face, to, to just, you know, to, to, to find a room to daven, you know, something. It just So I looked around and I see H. Stern. Well, seems like a Jewish name. It's a jewelry store in the, in the airport. So I went inside. I said, hello? Guy, Israeli guy comes out. I said, you're Jewish. So it's betach, right? And immediately we were like best friends. Immediately like best friends. I didn't look if he was wearing a kippah like me and he didn't look if I was, you know, voting like him in, in, in the Israeli politics. It didn't make a difference. We found the Jewish spark within one another. We have that opportunity to do that every single day. All we need to do is desire it, pray for it, make an effort for it, and it's attainable. It's absolutely attainable every single day of the week. If you love the father, you love the children too. If you love your father in heaven, you'll love his children. Even the children who don't look like you. As great as your love is for Hashem's presence, you'll be able to feel the love for every single Jew. Because you'll be able to see the Shechina. You'll be able to see the godliness within them. That Shechina, that godliness is what we love so much. The problem is we're living in an external world that's filled with everything being external. Everything needs to be external. And it's terrible. But we have a whole internal world that we can unravel and live in this world of closeness to Hashem. A world that is filled with the knowledge that Hashem is right here with us. That's our goal. And one of the first and most powerful ways to do that is to find the godliness in every Jew. So Hashem should bless us all. We should merit to see the greatness of Hashem in every single individual. Every person we meet, we should recognize they are our brothers and sisters because they, we all have a part of godliness, so to speak, within ourselves. And as soon as we realize how much we love Hashem, we're going to love His children as well. Hashem should bless us all. We should have an easy journey in recognizing the greatness of our fellow brothers and sisters. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcast.com.